Welcome to Blood Taps, your ultimate True Blood Rewatch podcast, where we sink our teeth into an all-new episode every Thursday. We're your hosts, Ashley and Fawn, so grab your favorite AB positive, and we'll meet you at Merlot's. Types. We are here for season three, episode one, and we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, we'd love to introduce Joseph. He is a true truby, even more than we are. Yes. Uh, he's seen the episodes a bunch, and we'll talk more about that. He's the CEO of Anchors to Desk Publishing LLC. He's a digital marketing specialist, writer, and True Blood mega fan. He gives wonderful fireside chats on his Instagram and does social media marketing as well. And we're super, super excited to have you on the show um, and just talk to you and go over all of the craziness at the end of season two and into season season three. So welcome. Thank you so much. Yes, we are all Trubies here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, we just had a few questions for you just so I know we know you pretty well over our couple of weeks that we've been talking and setting this whole thing up, but we'd like our listeners to lo- know a little bit about you. So like we said, you love True Blood and you're really into social media. So the first question, in your opinion, if they were real in real life, which character do you think would have the biggest Instagram following? I love that question, first of all, because it ties into what I do when like how right. we met each other on social media with your podcast. I would say there are three different categories that I think would have decent like social media, you know, presences on Instagram. I think Tara would be my first. And then oh, yeah. I thought Jessica because, but she's all like into Hoyt and everything. So right. we're not really sure. And then I thought probably Lafayette would be oh, yeah. <laughs> the biggest presence on social media because he yeah. had you know he's like an entrepreneur and he's like very crazy so yeah. I would say definitely Lafayette yeah his it's so entertaining I feel like I would follow each one of those they have Tara is somebody you could really relate to and then Lafayette's like the person like just so he has so much going on that you feel a little bit better about your own <laughs> life it's like okay I don't have a lot going on but like let me like live through Lafayette and then Jessica Hoyt could be like relationship yeah. goals so a little bit something for everybody there have like a human vampire like marriage relationship which yeah. is like its own niche market I guess right. but Lafayette yeah. I would follow his Instagram and in where do you, yeah where do you start like <laughs> I mean, he already has his web show that he did with like the dancing and everything like that. So I'm sure he already has tons of followers who would just promote him. And then Jessica and Hoy could be like the new YouTube couple. And yeah, like, yeah <laughs> totally. Oh man, we'd love to see it. <laughs> with with Lafayette, I would like to see his first poster video be that gold outfit. I'm just yes. saying. Yes. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. All right. So we also, we all took quizzes to see what kind of character we would be of out of True Blood. So I'll let our guests start first. What was your result? What character would you be? Big shock. I'm Lafayette. <laughs> I love it. Surprise. Yes. <laughs> because well, all my friends call me like Lafayette who like know my, my like quote unquote maker who got me into the show. Her name is Melinda. She's my muse and my you know, business partner. And um, so she definitely calls me her Lafayette. So that was like oh, legit perfect. That's awesome. That. Yeah. <laughs> that's like when you take a Harry Potter quiz and you're like, I'm a Slytherin and you always get Slytherin. You're like, see, oh, I yeah. told you. Like- <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm Sam, which <laughs> I don't know if that just says a lot about me as a person, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm okay with Sam because I feel like in the first season, he was, he was all right. Like he was just like, 
obsessed with Sookie like everybody else is, but I feel like he's now starting to, especially where we're seeing him trying to find his family and trying to find his past, like getting to know more about himself on like this self-discovery journey. I'm okay with Sam. Not like I'm, I'm all right with like going into season three, Sam. So yeah. yeah Sam's character arc is definitely increasing in yeah. season three. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, hidden, a big thing. And he may have potentially met his brother this week, which is big for him. Which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I got Sookie, <laughs> which is my ultimate. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I literally just got chills because oh, like, really? you are Sookie. Yeah. Thank you. Sookie. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> I always joke around because Sookie is like the ultimate pick me girl. And yeah. my dream fantasy world is to be the ultimate pick me girl where everyone is just madly in love with me all of the time. Yeah. And Sookie just embodies that perfectly for me. I love her. I was a waitress we're meant to be I mean, oh my gosh you are I feel like I'm talking to Suki right while we're doing this right wow that makes me so happy well, she's not gonna she's never gonna let this go like this I is won't. gonna be no <laughs> but Suki is also the ultimate like final girl too like yes. in a way you know like once we all watch the entire series essentially so right yeah we're gonna have to have you back on like once the series is done and we're gonna yeah. have to read oh girl please have me back on yeah. <laughs> <We're> done. <laughs> we're already writing it down yes yes <laughs> All right, so I know we've already talked about your love of the show and that you rewatch it all the time. Um, and it's a big phenomenon, but I wanna know <laughs> more about how you found our podcast. Cause I know you have a bigger following than we do and we are just kind of starting out getting everything well, thank going you. with everything. So how did you come to find Blood Types as a podcast? I think I was just searching through hashtags on Instagram. And again, like a big believer you know, knowing how those platforms work. Mm -hmm. I just was looking for anything True Blood because I was almost finished rewatching the series again. And I wanted more, like, I, I'm like a V addict. Like I need <laughs> to just keep on going. Right. And I found you guys and like literally like two weeks ago, I've been really like a huge fan Yay, from day one. Thank you so much. <laughs> we're super excited to hear that. It was like, once we got uh, your message, we screenshotted it to each other and we're like freaking oh, out. Oh yeah, we we're like, out. oh my God, <laughs> yeah. like, we're gonna have a guest on. But, and seeing what you do in social media has really inspired us to kind of step up our game a little bit. And we're like, now oh my we gotta gosh, address I'm honored. it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, and I just, you know, if I could share like other people's, you know, um, work and life and projects and presences then uh, i'm of course going to nice. you know what i mean and and especially because it's true blood you guys have such great content that you're creating not only through your podcast but on your uh social media as well is just insanely good and you want to be a part of it you know what i mean oh thanks, thanks so <laughs> we're here to flatter you not the other yeah. way around <laughs> we keep going yeah. <laughs> yeah. i love it all right. Well, I think that a lot of people, let's, let's start talking about true blood. I feel like we've talked <laughs> a lot around it and I feel like I, we are ready to get into episode one, especially after that crazy finale of oh, season man. two, where Marianne is finally gone and now it's kind of finding life again, but then Bill gets kidnapped. I know. <laughs> I know. So everything, something's always happening in Bon Tom. Something's always happening with this, with that whole crew. Yeah. Right. You're right. It doesn't slow down at all. <laughs> What did you think of Marianne's death at the end of season two? I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> because I loved to hate her or hated to love her, right. whatever. Um, and I thought that she was a great character. I, my, that's actually my favorite season of season two because they bring in so much with the character of Marianne. And she's just, she manipulates the entire cast. And the way she goes is so epic. I think it was perfect. Just yeah. hands down. 
Yeah. One thing I noticed after, I know we recorded that episode, but after like thinking about it and kind of reminiscing on it, what I thought was kind of serendipitous about it is she was welcoming death. Like when she saw the bull, like she was very at peace and she was ready. And she thought that she had finally done this ritual correctly and like thought that that was Dionysus like ready for her, which I thought- To just take her and she was ready to give herself. Yeah, she was. And she like, even when- like she was like literally impaled. She goes, I'm the vessel. Like it was me the whole time. And like, she was very at peace with it. And it was, it was so weird to finally, like, it was kind of like bittersweet for her. Like she, she, she was well, like she was ready. Because she also said that she had tried before, correct? She goes to all these communities to try to invoke, you know, her one true love and spirit. And she's yeah. always failed. So does mm-hmm. that mean that she just killed off all these towns in yeah. the process? She's just like, you know, Tasmanian devil witch <laughs> yeah. that just comes into and just tries to create mayhem. And I understand the mythology being like a historian and, you know, learning all about that actually as you're watching the show because it was so right. in-depth. And mm-hmm. the one thing that I wanted to point out in season two is when Eric goes to see the queen. Mm-hmm, who's yeah. also insane she's in her own la la land she's, oh my God. she's <laughs> just doing her. everything yeah. she wants right and she's just like spending money and she's going broke and whatever mm-hmm. and then she gives eric in a very blase manner like very like not really caring because she's all, like so self-centered she literally tells him that like the main ad creates their own like reality yeah. And they started off, I'm assuming, as human, like as a witch or like a follower of the mythology. Mm-hmm. And they are so self-involved, like the queen is, which is kind of ironic, <laughs> that she creates her own her own future. Like she 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 turns herself into this um person that can or this witch that just can live forever. And it's just crazy how. It goes from there, basically. Your yeah. mind is a powerful thing, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. You think it and you could be it. And she's but, a woman. So that right yeah. there is like pretty right. powerful too. Yeah, her character writing, I think, uh, like when we talked earlier, it was one of my favorite things is about Marianne is they wrote her as such a strong enemy, like such a strong villain and didn't give her a sympathy arc, which I think really kind of destroys a lot of villains because people start to relate to them. And what I love about Marianne is the fact she's not relatable. Like Marianne is just stone cold, only out for herself mm-hmm. like we'll do whatever she can to get the end result that she wants and i love that which is crazy though because exactly was at first she's you, you think she's like a a service worker and she's you know there to just help these these lost no well not teens these lost like 20 somethings that like lose their way in life and you're like oh that's so adorable and then you're like i want to fucking kill her yeah. <laughs> like by the end you know like yeah. who are you you're crazy die but also I want to party with you at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. The part if they were like demonic or really like people were dying, I would have loved to join some of her parties. Drink wine, play drums, get freaky, like yeah. whatever you want to do. Yeah. We're all about yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, before we move off of season two, what I what I saw like after you guys were talking, I like how it kind of started with Sam and then ended with Sam. Right. So yeah. like where she thought he was the vessel because he showed up one night naked in her house and wanted to go towards that statue and that's a whole that in with Tara is the reason she even came to Bon Tom and then he was the one that killed her I feel like it was a very good 
full circle to the whole story. I just got chills again. I'm <laughs> such a I'm like, I want to talk about every little detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so two things. So it was crazy when Marianne finally re- reveals herself and she says to, to Tara, she says, you called me. Yeah. With the crazy witch in the woods mm-hmm. that was a fraud. But again, it's a female with these super emotions and she's just lost. And then it really is, it's not even like about Sam, it's about Tara, like originally. And she has all the problems and, and she, you know, invoked this demonic force to the town. You know, she attracted that. And then the other thing is, fun story. So I went to like a charity event maybe three, four years ago. The actor who played young Sam was like the special guest. Wow. And I was so afraid to go up to him. Oh my God. <laughs> and like ask for a picture or like a, like an autograph. And, but I didn't. But I knew he was like in my presence. And that was enough. Just so you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I see you. You're right there. Yeah. Yeah. I love That's it. awesome. Yeah. We could talk about season two for like so long. I know. Was, I know. Oh, good. No yeah. wonder it's your favorite season. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was phenomenal. It was such a wild ride, especially with everything in Dallas and with Godric and all of that stuff. It was it was so, so awesome. Godric was a sweetheart and he's really hot. So yeah, I mean. yeah. <laughs> he needed more than like two or three episodes. He needed he needed a lot more. Yeah. I wanted to know more about Godric. Me too. But we still have Eric, so I yeah. guess it's all right. <laughs> it balances out. Eric is also like a favorite of mine. Yeah. And I was talking to Fawn last, you know, time about that. And um, we'll just continue. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> like I need to calm down for a moment. <laughs> When he was in the sundress holding the gun to Lafayette, um, like when Lafayette was seeing that instead of Letty May, and we see Alexander Skarsgård in that dress, I was like, "What can't you do? No. Like, <laughs> what, what are you?" No, the like voiceover was perfect. I'm sure that they had to have like like a dialect coaches to match up the voice with the with the the actor, right. you know. Um, but it was it was very well yeah. done. Yeah, well, it, was it was very well done. Ten out of ten. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. I just think Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> would be hot, like in any condition. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what you try to put on him, like prosthetic, like he'll just be hot all the time. That's He's just one of those people. I know. <laughs> yeah. And just wait again, like a spoiler, but wait till season four, yeah. where that's what the witch and I'm holding out for Elsie. He... Like you guys can flaunt over Eric and you guys can have him. That's fine. I am waiting till Alcide <laughs> comes in and I hope. I know. I hope it's soon because this, like, the way this episode ends with the wolves, I need it. I need it. I need. This I know he's on his way. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> Ashley's waiting for you. <laughs> the whole podcast will just turn into he's so hot. I know. He's so hot. I know. Oh God, he's so hot. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. awesome. Well, so the episode, uh, or episode one of season three is called Bad Blood. Let's just jump right in. So mm-hmm. where we leave, Suki and Bill is at the French restaurant after Bill has been abducted. And Suki is giving Kenya a statement. And Kenya just doesn't believe Suki and says that she has to wait the 48 hours to report Bill missing. And everyone just kind of gives Suki the runaround about this and is like, oh, well, you hesitated before saying yes to be engaged to a man you've known for three weeks. So it's your fault. And he just didn't want to be embarrassed. They just don't care. You know, it's, we're still kind of living in a world at this point it's in season three, episode one, where vampires are out of the coffin, but no one really cares. It's just for their yeah. blood and sex. And beyond that, they're, they're not seen as human. They have no like human, you know, traits left within them. And it's all about like, if he's dead, we really don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, you're a fang banger. We don't care, Sucky. And I kind of, I would have to kind of agree with the townspeople at this point. Because I'm not loving Cookie yeah. yet in the She's series. 
And I really also fucking hate Bill. So yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what's left? It's you like, know, hmm, like so we have a Confederate soldier who's gone missing, who like hasn't really added anything except for a main ad and multiple deaths and abductions to our town. Sure. You know, so like where's the problem? sure right? <laughs> but why do people keep going to this police? Like they don't, they have not. Like if you look at it, they really haven't solved any of the murders. They haven't solved no. any of the crimes, and all they no. do is just like they're so biased and like talk down to everybody they interrogate yeah all the time like why they don't they do nothing <laughs> they do absolutely they don't care they're they're even like bud dearborn is like a yeah, complete right. quack yeah. and he loses his shit like down the line too and then like i like andy belfler i think the best because his character arc also evolves down the line and then kenya just girl i mean i like her and i like that there's like the representation of a colored woman on the force. We need more of that in shows like True Blood, but she just doesn't care. She doesn't care. She's like, Suki, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, you didn't say yes right away. He's probably mortified. I know. Good luck. <laughs> like... I just want to know why the woman, there was somebody in the restaurant the whole time because that lady that runs out um, when Suki's oh, like yeah. running to the parking lot, she didn't hear anything. She didn't see, hear, like, understand. There's no maybe... cameras in a fancy French restaurant. Yeah. That's funny too. I know this like upscale, really expensive, like French restaurant that a vampire bought out to propose to his one true, yeah. whoever she is. Yeah. That was actually my favorite line. It's the first like two minutes of the show when she comes out and Kenya tries to question her. And she's like, yeah. for the love of God, like fucking vampires. And that says it all about the series up to that point. Yeah, God dang. <laughs> It's it definitely, it's crazy to watch, especially with eggs just dying, like how many overtones uh, from the current world are displayed in True Blood mm -hmm. and just makes you realize like how much of a problem we really have with so much in TV, in representation and how we just present things across the board and, and making vampires hated, I think it's is true. a very smart way to, to kind of display that and, and yeah, well, make yeah. it known. <laughs> touch on those tones yeah. in like a way even in the, um, which I know that you guys love the theme song and I do too, like the credits are just so mm. unique that where they pan over in this like, this like shop right type, like abandoned, you know, parking lot. And it's the sign that's like lit up and it says, God hates fans. Yeah. We're still dealing with all of those issues. And the show ended in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it, it's only gotten worse. So <laughs> I know it really has. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to just keep, well, why, let's just go ahead and talk the whole thing about the Bill okay. and Suki. So yeah. Suki is now on this wild goose hunt, trying to talk to everybody she knows to like, Bill's gone. What are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do about it? So she goes to, after that, is that when she goes to Jessica? Yes. Yeah. Um, First, yeah. So she goes to Jessica who has her own things going on, yeah. has her own things going on <laughs> in this, um, episode but she plays it off well because she pretends she's crying about Hoyt which she she freaking might be um and so she, it's just like Sookie running around be like Bill's gone what are we gonna do yeah. what are we gonna do about it I don't think it's a Fantasia yeah that's what I was surprised about but it's kind of her own fault that she walked in on him having sex I mean yeah. Pam's like he's he's kind of busy <laughs> and she goes I don't care and just bust in <laughs> like like the freaking heroine she is she goes you're gonna listen to me and you're gonna listen to me right now this is I know yeah. she finally starts to step up a little bit in this season which I really enjoy and then 
just watching Eric go at it with a human is just yeah. awesome. I'm sorry. I'll say it like whatever. Yeah. And then, she, and then Pam was like, oh no, Sookie, don't go down oh, there. Stop. stop. Oh, she no. overpowered me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like just BS. And then she's like, I need to find out what the hell yeah. happened to my boyfriend. That, that she's only known for like a few months at this point, technically. Not even. Yeah. Not, Not even, even, like weeks, right? Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of season three is when six weeks has officially passed. From right. the pilot episode. Which is, yeah, <laughs> so crazy. Uh, I was going to say, so Bill's proposed. Yeah. Like after two and a half weeks, maybe three of knowing this girl, she's out here trying to save his life. And I'm sorry, after three weeks, I'm not that dedicated to anything. (laughs) I'm still up in the air. (laughs) It took me maybe three months to finally say I love you to my current like boyfriend. So I mean, like that's that's months. Right. And even (laughs) that is like, you know, not like a long period of time. So (laughs) a few weeks. And so we like start to question, I think, Bill's like intentions here too. Like, why does he want to make Sookie his officially? And this is the night after everybody almost died. Like this is, this is less than 24 hours where she was watching, almost watching Sam get sacrificed. Like this is. Like, let's celebrate by like proposing to my girlfriend. Are you crazy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No wonder she's hesitant. Right. Yeah, no wonder. Somebody should recommend therapy. That would bit. be my recommendation a as bit. a significant number. For the entire town, yeah. Bob, for the entire, yeah. They need a group therapist to come in and be like, okay, we're going to heal this all together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but one thing I love when Suki was leaving, she goes, oh yeah, you do owe me 10 grand, just so you know. Yeah, yeah I haven't got that Like yet. you promised me 10 grand yeah. and I hope that she got it because she's dealing with a lot in a very short amount of time from these people and you know what like it really isn't even her fault no. like, the whole world wants to blame Sookie for inviting vampires in Bill walked in on his own yeah he did yeah at Merlot's and she just was intrigued it really wasn't her fault you know what I mean so intrigued <laughs> I think I she wet me. <laughs> she loved him on site it was the you know, weirdest thing how she watches him just like walk in and she goes oh yeah well and like vampires were already there because Fantasia was already established like so all of the stuff has already been going on like the fact that Bill just happened to walk into Bon Tom like it just has destroyed this town because we already have the Fellowship of the Sun and like uh Nancy Flanagan and all of these people so it's like it's so crazy that this one little community somehow wasn't affected by vampires, even though 20 minutes away is a huge vampire bar. (laughs) They were the last one to know. (laughs) But the vampires really um, opened the floodgates to all the other creatures too. It's like now that vampires are taking over this this small little sleepy town in the swamps, Mm -hmm. they're inviting maenads, werewolves, God knows what else is coming up. Like, Like enough really is enough, but like, they just keep getting wave after wave of this BS of just the supernatural. So, yeah. <laughs> I'd move. I'd be yeah, like, you know same. what? I'm not strong enough no. to handle all of this. I'm out. <laughs> or like a vacation, especially when like stuff happens every like 24 hours. It's something different with that yeah. time. I'm like, golly, I can't even keep up. Can we send out a <laughs> newsletter? Like, yeah. what am I supposed to be afraid of? I would be like, you know, if I were like Merla, for instance, I'd be like, I'm going to Disney World for like ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I'm out. Call me when it's over. Sell the bar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, peace out. (laughs) After Suki goes to Fantasia, what's next? What happens after she goes to Fantasia? Doesn't um, Pam come and get... She does get her money because Pam comes and gives her a check and she says that's more than she... 
like should have gotten and she goes well right. eric thought you were dealing with a lot and then that's when you first see the physical well, now that you know what it is because eric calls on pam um i guess you see her go tell lafayette that he needs to move the stuff but that's when you see her like shiver right. and have like a physical reaction and she goes oh eric right. called on me and she's like what is that so he's like what is that oh like eric like wants our he like paged me internally. yeah yeah kind <laughs> yeah. of yeah and so she runs that's what she runs to jessica was like has bill called on you and she goes what is that yeah because have, have you shivered or anything and, and she goes okay i think i may have and then i saw a place and then that's when they finally go find the the remnants of the car accident well bill also like never really taught her what that was that's what i said yeah the, in my notes was like you have to remember she is 17 years old and all he taught her was like you go to sleep when the sun's up and like the best combinations of true blood that doesn't taste like ass like that's <laughs> and and like don't feed on humans or or kill them and like that's it yeah like oops <laughs> that's that's it like he didn't prepare her for this at all and like nobody has like checked on her and see if she's like fed or anything which is funny too like, because jessica literally just killed the dude at a truck stop yeah, <laughs> yeah. and she's like sleeping with the corpse in the cubby hole hoping he would like come back yeah he didn't even teach her how to bring a person back to like turn them it's so and and going back, I always go back to the timeline. Like it blows my mind, but she was probably only turned like maybe five or six days ago. And I know. like two days with Eric and just literally has been left to her own devices just to hang out in their house. Yeah. Also, Jess started to date Hoyt in season two, uh, two right? So, right. <laughs> but then she's like struggling with like her humanity, but she's also like a baby vampire and no one really yeah, cares yeah. about her either because she's a vampire. Yeah, yeah. And Bill's like too busy doing his own thing that he's like doesn't even think about her. And she's left her own devices. And we all know that we're not you when you're hungry. So like you just make up stuff. And like so she's just like, I gotta get blood from somewhere. Yeah. Might as well go get it from a trucker and hide his dead body in the place I sleep in this house. I know. And that's where Bill calls her in her sleep in the cubby hole so yeah it's what a fun power that would be like I when I watched that I was like oh that'd be kind of cool to like have that for people like you're in a car accident or something you can be like call my mom and she gets like a tingle in her head or something that's like oh no mom's in trouble like, <laughs> yeah. I know go. that's like scary technology but I'm sure it's like like in the works somewhere I mean a hundred percent um, so Bill, we were talking about him being kidnapped and these kidnappers have him in the car and are draining his blood um, and getting like really turned on by it. The whole like self nipple play scene in the back seat where it, like they were making that weird commentary. It was like, this is a little unnecessary. It's like the spitting blood in the other person's yeah. <laughs> That I literally had to fast forward it. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. It was- I can't watch that either. It is, it's a little, I mean, I understand it's like a little LGBT play on words, right. you know, sexy stuff. But the other second line that I really loved in that scene where they're like gang feeding off of Bill, which is like very awkward, but also kind of hot. Yeah. Right. Is that just me? Like, no. like, no. like these like hot dudes just feeding off each other. It's like, what is going right. on, first of all? And then um, when Coop, we meet Coot, who's like there, and actually he was in Ugly Betty, so he's a really good actor, oh, okay. like years ago. Um, I think he's Australian or British in real life, so he plays a good, I guess, like a Europeans can play better like Southerners with the accents. Right. So he pulls it off, I think, really well. And then the other really hardcore wolf um, says like, that's really gay. And then Coot is like, playing with your titties in, in front of a... <laughs> 
car full of dudes is not just yeah. do it just, just spit, spit in his mouth yeah <laughs> <laughs> my other favorite scene um speaking of lgbtq uh, undertones was when sam is having the dream about bill oh, oh my gosh i was good. like that should not be like, <laughs> like this. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when they're standing there and bill's like can i have a shirt and sam's like you can have the one off my back i was like oh okay <laughs> and then and then bill's like oh it feels good and then sam's like all quiet he's like well thank you i know and then they're like let's have a shower oh right? yeah and he was like um okay he hears his phone and he goes ignore it and i'm like yeah. yes <laughs> yes okay i know it's like i would ignore that call if i were with bill at that point too i right. mean <laughs> yeah call a spade a spade i totally didn't think about it like i didn't think I guess because I thought, you know, Sam's supernatural. I didn't know that they had the effects yeah. of blood, like vampire blood, too. Oh, I um, thought they were just going to have sex. I, oh, I, I didn't know it was a dream. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, like oh, wait. So there are other scenes throughout the Beyond season three that are male on male pre action oh. because of the blood. And can't wait. <laughs> it's, it's very similar to the whole Bill and Sam dream, if you will. Yeah. All it, was right. almost, it was almost like the shower scene we didn't really needed. Exactly. Like we didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is there a deleted scene somewhere that is like out on the internet? <laughs> uh there there should be some b-roll floating around on the internet. Like, All right. I guess you know. I know what I'm searching for tonight. Yeah, they're, they're both like hot. <laughs> Not only fans, but maybe call it like like only fangs and then yes. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes, copyright copyright that right yeah. now. <laughs> I, I, I may be like kind of dating myself here, but when MySpace was big, there was a website called Vampire Freaks that like people who like True Blood and stuff would go on and we could totally revamp it and yes. make it only Revamp it. it, yes. Yeah. Revamp yeah. it. It's writing itself. You yes. sign me on. Let's do the offshoot of, yeah. Let's we will do it. We will talk yeah. about that. <laughs> we have the whole yeah. package right here. Yes. We got, yes. Marketing, yes. You, have, you know, you guys can do the whole you know, content. It's fun stuff. Like t-shirt, we can sell t-shirts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the merch would be amazing. Yeah. The merch fangs. Like, you know, bring back the like vials of like fake V honey juice from like, yes. they used to sell them at, was it Spencer's or, yeah. or um, Hot Topic? Was it Hot Topic? Yeah. Hot Topic. So I, I kind of want to jump into Tara and Eggs because <sighs> I feel like that takes up a good chunk of this episode. Yeah. The way that Eggs was killed off was so immediate and also so just like, I don't know, the racial overtones that kind of came with that. And especially mm -hmm. in the climate we're in with like police brutality. And then the next scene of Tara and Arlene fighting and Arlene just being straight up racist about eggs yeah. being shot. Yeah. It's so strange because you don't get a lot of, a lot of white on black racism a lot in the show, but when it comes, it's very prominent and very disturbing. And it kind of comes out of left yeah. field yeah. when Arlene is like, still kind of white trash tara yeah. has a fucked up no. life and you're like that wasn't called for arlene like why would you do that it wasn't no it wasn't I, and you just lost your boyfriend but also eggs was a terrible person but he was a victim of of, of yeah. you know his right. you know circumstance so there's a lot to process and then tara is just kind yeah. of stuck yeah. in the middle in my opinion so, absolutely yeah so I have a, we have a lot to say about it and the episode we recorded uh season 12 they'll come out um like a couple weeks before we put this one out but we had a like a long talk about how <laughs> what bothered me 
is how it wasn't even talked about like immediately Andy was like took Jason's gun and immediately started wiping it off and said go like don't don't worry about it we're gonna cover it up like all that even stuff and like it wasn't a question like it wasn't even a thing like Andy kind of just like took care of it and was going to just like play it off like he died in a struggle I mean eggs was coming at him with a knife like there's so many different things we could talk about it but in this scene, first off, they should have never done the investigations out in the open where everybody was there. Like Sam had a perfectly good office. They could have took yeah. people back there. They could have talked, got everybody's mm-hmm. statement. So that was a problem there. But Arlene just like, yeah, it was out of nowhere. She goes, I know after Renee and everything, but like, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And then first I'm like, they haven't done anything. Like this, this they place haven't done was, anything now. has done nothing, has solved nothing in this town. But Tara has a right to be upset it's like you're thinking they haven't even done anything they haven't yeah. done anything yet like Andy literally in their minds had killed this man and you're thanking him for it so I understand Tara being so crazy but it does get racist really fast yeah. <laughs> like yeah. so fast and Arlene's the first is like why why shouldn't we think that because of society because of because of racism and I'm like she said nothing about like color she said she said nothing about color and even when eggs and tara were together in season two i didn't see color i just saw this relationship blooming but it wasn't really authentic because of marianne but it was at the same time because tara had never really had love in her life right so that's even like a deeper dive but then arlene brings she's like well they 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 make everything about race oh tara didn't even bring anything she did arlene did arlene did did. Yeah. yeah The one thing I do have to say was the line about Arlene saying, we've all fallen in love with serial killers. That made me laugh. (laughs) I was like, like, well, Eggs didn't really like want to kill people. Whereas your, your boyfriend was actually a murderer. That should make her more sympathetic. Like that should make her want to talk to Tara not to thank the police officers who's done anything. Like that's, and she's known Tara like for so long, like they've been, I guess, at least acquaintances this whole time. And so a man had died. It was just so, it was just so sad. But Lafayette was, God, God bless Lafayette. (laughs) It was a disturbing scene. And then like Lala was like, I'm going to steal this. Y'all shouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, put it on my tab or don't. I really couldn't care less. I'm going to go help my cousin. Yeah. And Claude Pin and Tequila sounds like a great time to me. I'm like, sign me up. I'll do it. (laughs) There's a lot of times I don't want to feel. So I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. Tequila and Claude Pin. And so when, when, Lafayette takes Tara out and they go back to Sookie's house. I thought it was crazy that Tara was asking for her mom. Like, I was very surprised that Lafayette had called Letty May and that Tara even wanted her mom to be there. Um, mm-hmm. And then when her mom brings in the reverend. Oh, that was when they went back to, they take, he took her to Sookie's house and she attacked Sookie. She attacked Sookie. That's yeah, she, I forgot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I blocked that out. Yeah. And they don't even really, so they're like best friends from, from mm-hmm. childhood, right? From, you know, being kids. They act like strangers and best friends at the same time. Yeah, it, it is kind of on and off. And then she literally told him, like told her that eggs died. And then she goes, Oh yeah, I helped him remember. And then she's not upset, like oh well, she is upset because Bill is also missing. <sighs> the fact that she had to bring up Bill missing when Tara's But she made it about herself. Yeah. Yes. Shut up and help your your best friend supposedly deal with the loss of her boyfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like for one minute, second. like you're so selfish and bratty. <laughs> Yes. Sookie, <laughs> shut up. You know? Yes. Yeah, Fawn. Are you glad I you're know. Sookie? Well? <laughs> I 
am selfish and bratty, so it's fine. Um, but one of the things that I thought about, like if I were Tara or anyone and that would happen, I would immediately be trying to call Suki and be like, get Bill over here right now to save my boyfriend. And the fact that like Suki just left, I, I feel like the fact that Suki wasn't interviewed and wasn't even there in the first place, like I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have gone on a fancy French dinner date to go get proposed to after all of this and just left my best friend totally distraught knowing that like, I just told her boyfriend that he murdered three people. You know? yeah, yeah, I feel like that should have happened immediately after the scene about eggs because she yeah. knew he was distraught after he found out everything you'd be like tara you might want to go check on right eggs. like you know, i want to just go ahead and go out of here and he she was supposed to be watching merlots because sam literally went up to oh. suki <laughs> yeah, i know i know i remember that so sam goes up to suki was like can you watch merlots i'm leaving for a few days the first night <laughs> the first night somebody dies in the parking lot and suki's nowhere to be found i'm like i didn't even think about that yeah <laughs> you're so right right yeah, yeah. Um, so that's when they go, like, she's like, get her out of here. Cause Suki yells at her after attacking her, which rightfully so everybody around her seems to be betraying her. So except for Lafayette. And then that's where they go to Lafayette's house. And, and then Tara's like, I'm just leaving. And they slam yeah. the door. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to coddle Tara so hard in the yeah. entire series. Yeah. She's this lost little girl that supposedly is really close with the stack houses but they still can't protect Tara, her. Tara lives there. Suki invited her to live there. Like that's her home too. And she goes, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> it's like, that's your sister supposedly, you know, like from like another mom. Like, why would that's you do that? And then to Fawn's point, then they go over to like Lafayette's house and she asks for her yeah. mom who also betrayed her. She literally abused her her entire yes. life. And she spent all her money in the last season or season, season one, one. No, season yeah. two, yeah. season one on this exorcism. And she still wants to see her mom. So they're very, they're disconnected as far as two, two like family members, like mom and yeah. daughter, um, which again, we will see a resolution, spoiler alert, down the line with those two. But there's a very back and forth nuance with those two. It's very strange and awkward. Well, I think what happened is, yes, they've had like all their, their bad blood, but the one shining moment where Letty Mae finally did something for Tara, even though it was the wrong fucking thing to do, is she released her um, right. to go save eggs. So that's when she pointed the gun at Sookie and Lafayette. And right. So I guess she found out like, hey, I can't trust anybody. I can't trust anybody else. Right. I am going through probably the worst hurt I've ever been through in my life. Like, I feel like it's just a person thing. Like, I want my mom. I want some sort of comfort. Yeah. I want some sort of like, familiarity of like my surroundings and that was her for her mom but Letty Mae is also one that makes it about herself because mm -hmm. she goes oh look at me we're gonna get the reverend we're gonna pray for you we're gonna do all this and then when Tara like first Lafayette left and he goes we're not gonna make this he was so mature and he goes we're not gonna make this about us this is about Tara yeah we're not okay but I want Tara to be okay and she wants you so if that has to happen that's fine but he says, sure. do not leave her alone right now. She cannot be alone. And she's in there fucking reading a men's health magazine while Tara's trying to overdose in the bathroom. And she don't even know how long she's been gone. And no. I'm just like, <laughs> You like think like it's working a little bit when like the Reverend Daniels comes over and he starts to pray with her about eggs and about loss. And, and, it's, and it's really great. And then, yeah, she's reading this magazine while Tara is trying to kill herself in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And Lafayette's the only one who cares. Like, yes. you know, and I don't think that 
Tara's mom would have come back if Suki would have just set her own shit to the side for a second and been like, okay, let's figure this out first. Like, I'm worried about you first. That we could have been spared the whole Letty May possible overdose, like all of it. Or at least like you're her mama, like go out to like for for a drink, go to the park. Like don't don't seclude yourselves in in Lafayette's house because that's the worst place that she could have been. Yeah, with all the drugs, access everywhere, guns yeah. everywhere. Yeah, worst place for her to be. be like, go to TJ Maxx. Go like shopping yeah, out. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, retail therapy is a thing, but I just feel like Letty May only wanted to save face for her. Yeah. So she goes, look at me, I'm she such did. a great mom. I'm happy my child prayed for, but she's so busy filling up the reverend and like worried about like, she. She know she should know Tara and know that that would not happen, especially within like 24 hours of this thing happening yeah. or within hours of this thing happening, however the fuck this timeline works. But it makes sense though, because her mom has been an absent parent from day one. Yeah. yeah. And she's completely aloof to the entire yeah. issue, you know, the issues that her, her, her daughter's going through. So yeah. it, it shouldn't be like that, but I understand. I think the writer's, made her just so aloof to the whole situation that they didn't care or yeah. she didn't care. I just hate that she's gonna, she sits there reading a magazine like she, yeah, I'm a good mom. Yeah. Like, like, I did it. Yeah. I did a good job and now, I, and now I'm off duty for a while. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's like my one good deed for the, for the year. I did it. I was there for my yeah. child. All right. Oh, the queen, yeah. the queen and the magistrate showing up at Fantasia. Um, like you said earlier, this is when we learned that the queen is in extreme debt and is lying to everyone about the vampire blood. Um, Eric is saying that no one's missing, even though Bill is currently missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just come up with this lie that the magistrate doesn't really believe about how they're not really having vampire blood sold in the area. And it's just crazy and mind blowing that they would even think that. And again, we find out about the queen and her like dominating Eric in every single scene. I'm like, oh, I love it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, sorry. Before, like a little bit earlier, is you find out that Bill was supposed to be kidnapped tonight, regardless. Right. Bill was supposed to be kidnapped tonight, regardless. It's just like the werewolves or the people who had the Operation Werewolf symbol there had got to him first. But Eric is on the phone with a guy named Mr. Rubens, and he goes, "You were supposed to bring me Bill. Like you were supposed to kidnap Bill because Bill had." known what was happening with the queen and with eric and the blood and it was a whole different you know situation and he's i love how he's buck naked in his robe (laughs) just yelling at mr mr rubin is that what you said yeah he was supposed to kidnap bill and i was like he's supposed to get kidnapped regardless poor poor sookie can't even have a good night the wolves though got to him first yeah which we really don't know who the person is that's took him mm-hmm. at the end of the, the first episode so yeah yeah what a weird way to introduce the werewolves too like I feel like um just out of everything they could have done I love this way because at first you're just like what the heck is happening mm-hmm. and then when Suki and Jessica uh, find the guy because they find Bill's car that's been overturned and they see the symbol like that way of finding out oh shit there's also going to be werewolves I was like yeah that's awesome I love how Suki and Jess are like Nancy Drew yeah oh yeah they they, they like fruit. put all this shit together and they're trying to like figure it out and the phones and yeah and they see like Bill's phone or blood or something in the back Mm -hmm. and then you're like that was pretty awesome yeah you know (laughs) yeah and I love how they kind of you kind of for the audience you kind of figure out all at once because first you find out about what the symbol means when they look it up on the phone and it's operation Mm -hmm. werewolf I think and then you find that like 
Bill's surrounded by wolves and he goes good luck I fucking fed so let's go like oh and his feeding was so funny too like him going to that old woman's house and like her being like are you my son oh that was kind of sad though yeah it was like he didn't know who he was he was gonna find but then she yeah. was waiting for her son I that like abandoned nice for him her. To glamour her and be like he came yeah he left <laughs> you money and he cared and he appreciates yeah. Stanley like oh he, he's a good boy and he glamored her he only throws her like a couple bucks he's like $40 he even give her, like a lot of cash <laughs> you know? nice <laughs> this lady can't even have a phone because yeah. she needs oxygen here's $40 yeah yeah and yeah, here's like zero money that Good I got on yeah. you, and but you're about to queen, die anyway. I'm sorry, we're all over the yeah. place, but like, I didn't think vampires, like, she's she's just in debt with the IRS. Like, it's, like, all all of, all of us are. <laughs> and that's what she's, that's why she started this whole thing. She doesn't even care that Bill's gone. She just goes, sell the product, cover your tracks. Right. Because... Like, most vampires, I think up until oh, yeah. this point, or really up for well, themselves. Well, I think that's kind of well. what Godric was saying too in season and they two, don't where care. he was like, "I understand why people don't like us and are afraid of us because you know we are selfish, we are mean, we do attack people." Like, so I understand to a point where, like, what Godric was saying with that. But I feel like the queen really displays that to be like, "Oh yeah, vampires in this realm like don't give a fuck about anyone else but themselves." They really don't. And Bill warned. Suki in the first episode or second episode he's like we're prone to turning on him but also marry me and we don't care (laughs) but also marry me so I can what about when I'm old I don't care (laughs) that's all he's just like I don't care about that but the the queen acts like such she acts like how you would expect Jessica to like she especially with the magistrate she goes yeah whoever's doing that should die like that's awful and the whole time she's like it's you bitch like it's you (laughs) but she's like she's like overplaying it where like that just makes you look more guilty like yeah you're overplaying it you really don't deserve to be the queen she's gorgeous but she's like the worst game you can play the worst game (laughs) yeah yeah. And feed on like young Greek right. men, which yeah. is fine, like whatever. That's you know delicious, but uh, yeah, you need to get One your question, shit together, though, girl. I mean, since you've seen please. a little bit further than we have, they touch on it just like really quickly about Hadley, Sookie's cousin, that's like living with the queen. Do you ever see her again? Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, yes. Gotcha. So like it makes more sense down the line. That you see her like in a few more episodes, yeah, you, like but they then fly she over, like just like book, uh, like she talks to Bill, was like, t- "Say hey to Sookie for me. She's my cousin, and I owe Grand money." And he like it's just like he's like, "Oh, you probably don't want to talk to Grand right now." And then it, it's just like nobody nobody cares. Yeah. I was like, "Gosh, Sookie has connections everywhere." It's <laughs> but we find out though in the Queen's yeah, whatever so like new day room, which is like I love that like. 1920s 30s yeah. kind of like retro like vintage look. <laughs> and i want that for my house one day you know down south um just like a stupid yeah. day room with like fake seagulls and sunshine um that's when hadley speaks of Sookie right. first yeah. right and then with mm-hmm. bill like it's, in front it's of bill. bill first and then and, um yeah and then eric we one of the gentlemen vampires 
almost stops her from speaking mm-hmm. right because like that's dangerous to know that she knows Suki, right. right so well and the queen wants to and meet we really Suki. don't know why like, she has point. said several times now i think that she like can't wait to meet her and see what all the fuss is about and so i'm sure hadley's like oh god <laughs> like, oh no maybe don't meet Suki. like <laughs> Hadley is the the keeper one of the things that is left is Sam finding his his family um and going to see the people uh previously at the end of season two he goes to his adoptive family and asks if they have any of the information um his adoptive mom says no but his adoptive father who's failing in health gives him the information to go find the maskins and sure he is in Arkansas and this is when Bill shows up and they have that little steamy dream and we find out that his family lives in the town but was evicted three years ago uh, no one really knows where they have been since and this is where we kind of meet Tommy and Tommy pretends that he is not um you know these he pretends he's uh, Tommy Harmon yeah instead of Tommy Maskins Mickens yeah, yeah and Mickens that's right I don't know why I kept on <laughs> sorry <laughs> You know, this it's kind of where that ends for this, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see what this family is like. Just judging from appearances alone, it looks like a very trashy family, unfortunately. And and hopefully we find out why they gave Sam up um, and if any of them are shifters, but we don't find that out in this episode. But yeah. I'm sure down the line, we find more shifters, especially with werewolves coming up. But I just wanted to, to throw Sam's little tidbit of story in there just because he deserves it after everything he's been through. Yeah, but I feel like he knows. Yeah, but I feel like he knew that that kid was lying. Like you could tell that he didn't know. He goes, "Well, I'm Sam Merlot, by the way." And then when right. he checks the mailbox and finds confirmation that that is at least where his parents are getting mail, just for confirmation. What I I kind of liked it was kind of sweet. He goes, "Well, I'm Sam Merlot. I make I may come back by on the way out of town, buy some tires." Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really sweet. Very stealthy. No, and then and then also, yeah, you're right. You know, Tommy is very shifty. Get it, shifty. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't want to be found. The casting for Tommy looks like a younger version of he could be Sam. Yeah. So that was well done. And the audience is like, something's not right here. Like right. you're lying, you're being a shifty young whoever you are, right. like like a blue-collar worker at a garage. And everyone kind of gave Sam shit up until this point of like not knowing who he was and he was lying about his past and he was he like he, i think he told in season two he told um andy belfer that he came from like like a nudist colony and yeah. <laughs> that didn't kind of add up because they did they were like some recon on who sam was and sam we still don't know why sam has been hiding his past i hope that this is the season where it all comes out when Andy was trying to go through and figure out Sam's past, one of the things they brought up, they were like, we don't even know where you went to high school, which to me, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Seems like a random thing to want to know about. Someone, Who cares? But- <laughs> like he runs a bar in town. Everyone loves his food. Yeah. Let him just live. Let him yeah. live his life. But I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how his story progresses. And especially when the werewolves come into play, because we've already kind of seen a glimpse when Daphne was still alive about the kind of like disdain that shifters have towards werewolves. So it'll be interesting to see Sam, who not only hates vampires, but also hates the werewolves. It'll be interesting to see kind of where he falls when all of these characters start coming back and when he comes back to to Bon Tom and when he leaves Arkansas. And learning more about his past and himself Definitely. and where he came from. Another thing I wanted to, because I just like re-watched this for, you know, to record today, um, there are some Easter eggs in this episode as well. So oh. um, if you have read the books and if you 
watch beyond this episode, of course, in the season. Not gonna really, you know, spill all the spoilers, but there's an, there's a part of the episode where Jason is wearing a hat with a panther on it. Um, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and he's talking to Hoyt on their crew, whatever day, working. And again, like Jason's wearing a hat with a certain animal on it, which is a panther that right. we, that may allude to another episode in the future. Yeah, I didn't yeah. <laughs> notice that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not going to say yeah. it. <laughs> I did not notice it was a panther. That makes so okay. Love it. <laughs> I'm happy to yeah. watch it. <laughs> but let's say I am lost, but I won't be soon. <laughs> yeah. You'll figure it out. Like, sorry to like throw like a monkey wrench into the. No. No. I'm sorry, but I just I notice, especially after watching this goddamn show seven <laughs> times, um, you start to pick up on little things that you may have missed in the past. Um, and by the way, you cannot purchase that hat anywhere. It doesn't exist. And it, uh, and it bothers me because you can purchase the shirt and the blanket and the true blood and the honey and bang banger, Eric Northman t-shirts. You cannot buy that Panther hat. And I'm very All right, add it that. to the merch store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll make yeah. our own. All right, we also need to talk about Jason and yeah. this because you when you first see him it's like right after um andy kind of tells him to go home and he's going home and he's really just like freaking out which as he should he killed somebody without warning and um i know me and fawn talked about why did he shoot him in the head he could have shot him in the shoulder or just in the air to kind of break up the whole thing and jason was a good shot you saw that in the fellowship of the sun when first of all he was training with the paintballs and then when he shot steve newland straight in the head uh, in the church yeah. like he's a good shot he didn't have to take hit like he didn't have to kill on sight but um so he goes home and he's freaking out and andy breaks it like he goes i don't want anybody to see me so i just come in through the window and i'm like okay okay <laughs> all right this is a weird- like what is happening with that force yeah. again like hmm, great police <laughs> tactics let me park around back and crawl through your window where i'm gonna leave fingerprints instead of just coming to your door but and he doesn't want people to see him there right they would have questions of why you're talking to jason so i, I get that being secretive part but this is what andy was like pretty much like go be a horn dog that's what everybody knows you as like confidence off dick on which is my favorite line of the- i was just gonna oh, say that sorry. confidence off dick yeah. on and he makes him repeat yeah. it <laughs> he pretty much like to get it through his his like little yes. brain yeah he, he goes go get some puss like go, like buck up like we need your balls right now you're freaking out you shouldn't be yeah like go act normal and they find these weird vet girls did anybody else catch up everything they talk about is about dogs yeah everything they talk about, yeah. is about dogs they're like puppies and they're talking about dogs and which breed they are and first of all jason's a golden retriever like <laughs> if anything he's a golden retriever like 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 jason's a dog too like let's call it what it is you know yes. and um even when they go back to jason's house with hoyt like trying to have like whatever they're trying to have yeah. and then jason is like not getting hard and he can't hard. perform yeah. and hoyt just want he's like lovesick from jessica right so he doesn't really want to partake in this like menagerie then he starts seeing the bullet holes in the girl's heads and he's just so traumatized yeah. right poor jason is so traumatized 
mm-hmm. I mean, the girls are smart for getting out because if I was having sex with someone and they said, all I can do is picture a hole right in your head, I would be leaving too. What a terrifying thing to say to someone just out of the blue. Like he could have said any excuse like, oh, I drink too much or like I smoked a little too much weed or like whatever. But instead he went with, I keep picturing holes in your head. Well, I'm surprised. Like, of, of course, Hoyt wasn't going to do it. He just, right. he just became not a virgin. Like he, he just lost it. 20 hours six ago. ago. Like six days ago at this point. In Dallas. Yeah. And at, at Bill's house. Yeah. 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 Poor Hoyt. So one of the things we talk about a lot is Hoyt being 28 and Jessica being 17. 17. And I didn't realize that, like, I guess in my, in my brain until we watched in season two. But Hoyt has the mentality of like a 17 year old boy. And it oddly he works. Does. Like yeah. if, and Jessica being dead, like, I don't know. It doesn't well, make it better. She's but. mature. Like she's very mature. Yeah. Like I would, if they wanted to write it, I feel like there was more towards the 17 year old aspect. Right. She would act more like the queen where she was so self-centered and she was so like thing, but sure. Yeah. But I feel like with her pass of her dad, which they led to like some, some abuse there. I feel like she had to grow up for her sister. Right. So because she's so mature and he's a little immature, I feel like that's kind of where it works. And they both have very controlling parents. Yeah. So they just have a lot of stuff to that's you just want there. <laughs> there you go. Um, I was just gonna say that too. Like that's a great point because boy has been hindered by his mom his entire yeah. life as well. And he still currently lives with her. He didn't move out, mm-hmm. you know. So he has the the, the mentality of like a a teenager at this point he where he works yeah. he he goes out for beers with with the, with the crew and you know his friends but he doesn't really have any other friends be, be, beyond jason and he was friends yeah. with um the cajun from season one i'm drawing a blank with renee, renee. but then he's dead so yeah. then that didn't really have any effect on him which is kind of strange because they were friends like supposedly and he has jay but jay is in his own la la land as well so he really has himself and his mama and now finding out his mom lied to him he's like completely yeah, destroyed exactly yeah. so he's just trying to survive and he doesn't really yeah. know how to going forward so yeah he pretty much has to scream at jason can i just say your place or not and he goes oh yeah yeah why are you yelling right. <laughs> i was like because you're hard to talk to you don't listen but i don't even know if like him or jason are friends i just think that's the only one they talk to because if you knew you had work friends that like just because yeah. you'd spend so much time together because in season one he tried to call him jay and he goes you weren't on the football team don't call me that but then like, exactly and he but was then later really- on he calls him like his brother and he they met in grade school and he tried to protect him but we don't see any of that in their adult lives no yeah jason's just mean (laughs) it's kind of the same like you were saying earlier with tara and sookie where like they're supposed to be these best friends that every scene you have with them it's like do you guys really hate each other like you you don't have to be friends if you don't want to (laughs) be or like show each other more love because you are supposed to be like sisters You know what I mean? And then Jason right. too. I think Jason has never been held responsible for anything in his entire life with woman yeah. or with his job. Um, he's just like a podunk jock that has sex. Yeah. And I see the allure yeah. because he's a very good looking, you know, young man. And, but he has no work ethic. He just killed eggs who, who was a black man. And, yeah. and then Andy took over for him and also didn't hold him responsible for right. that whole situation which is terrible. Yeah. And now they're all still trying to coddle Jason in the sense where they're like, 
just turn your dick back on and act normal so this can all go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just go have sex some more. You'll be fine. Be, be <laughs> the person we just assume you are. Let me let us put you back in that box from season one. And I feel like one reason it's hard for him is because like he's not that person anymore. Yeah. Like what I really loved about season two is you saw such such a good character development in him where he felt like he was becoming like such a good person, like he was protecting Sookie and all of this stuff. And then I think that's another reason why it's hard for him to like get back into like the immature, like selfish child he was. First he like understands life and he's experienced love and all this other stuff and and now like to try to rewind and go back it's like us trying to be somebody we were in high school like we're just not that person anymore and i feel like him trying to play the role it works to some point but like when it's like really where the rubber meets the road and now he has to like have sex with these girls and actually do it that's where he's like his mind just like i can't he's just useless i think but i mean you know like like it is what it is yeah (laughs) just a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah the only thing we haven't touched on is Arlene might be pregnant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She smells, that's correct. Yeah, she smells cinnamon and chili, which, okay. <laughs> like, it's one of her markers, I guess, that she knows that she's pregnant because she's has a very keen sense of, of smell. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. What a horrible side effect. <laughs> that's horrible. I know. Like, why would you want to smell <laughs> cinnamon? Yeah, yeah especially like, in her lots. Gordon, like, Lord knows what, whatever she's smelling. But then she like distanced herself from Terry, which, which yeah. stings. One of my favorite things is when Terry gives the guns to Arlene's kids so they can take care of each other. He has this big shirt that says like, I am out of the military and I am prone to mental breakdowns. Please get the hell out of my face. And I was like, I need love that shirt. That's <laughs> yeah. so perfect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's right. Well, we'll find out, I guess, if she's actually pregnant or not, but. We still don't know, but she yes. could possibly have yeah. one in the oven, but we don't know. By who? By what? Oh, good point. It could still be Renee. The timeline. It could still be Renee's kid. It it could be Renee. It could be Terry because of what they did at the orgies with Marianne. Oh, man. That's such a good point. This is just open to Pandora's box. (laughs) I know. Now I'm like, it's Renee's baby. (laughs) Oh, my God. I have more time. I'm just saying we can go through the entire (laughs) timeline. Okay. (laughs) This will not be the last time we talk for sure. (laughs) Holy cow. Yeah. But what was your favorite line of, of this episode? So again, I would have to say because it really um, struck home with me and that because the vampires are so terrible up to this point so far is when the French hostess came out and said, for God's sake, these fucking vampires. <laughs> and it's true. They are literally, it's not Sookie's fault. It's not the werewolf's fault. Well, that we know of yet, at least. It's not the shifters because we don't know enough about them. The main dad died. Renee is done. He was human. He wasn't even mm-hmm. supernatural. He wasn't a soup. So I think the vampires really are the crux of this whole town just going hell in hell. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because Bill, and we don't even know this yet either, why right. Bill came to town. We know for Sookie at this point, I believe. We just don't know why she's yeah. so special. Absolutely. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite line is when um, she goes down and sees Eric having sex with this girl, which he tells her not to go anywhere and she's tied up. I'm like, is that supposed to be funny? <laughs> I guess. But um, she goes, you guys have been having sex for six hours. And he goes, Bill's stamina ain't up to snuff. <laughs> that was my favorite line. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, mine is 
Reminds oh when she's yeah. talking to Bud about respecting elders and she's like, you better help me do this or I'm going to forget how to respect my elders and you need to respect Bill because he's a few hundred years older than you. I was like, get it. A hundred percent. You tell him. <laughs> I think all that's left is for us to just kind of roll out the red carpet for you and you can talk about anything you want. You can oh talk about gosh. True Blood. You can talk about what you do. Please promote yourself to the ends of the earth. <laughs> we'll yeah. let you go on. Well, thank you so much. I'm like blushing. You can probably see. Um, so the bio, the intro that you gave me was fantastic. Yay. Thank you. So I was like almost tearing up because just thank you because I work so hard and just thank you so much for having me on the show. And I am a social media marketer. So I'm known as the a marketing maven, if you will. And I literally, especially during COVID, have been helping celebrities um, that have been on shows in Hollywood, on Bravo shows, for instance, and like MTV, um, assist with their social media presences. So I do everything from Instagram um, to Twitter, to LinkedIn. I also ghostwrite articles and I do PR. So um, I do that for a living. I also work nine to five at a gym called Empowering Punch. Um, so I work from home, but they're in Ohio and they were one of the only gyms that actually was open during COVID. They you know, did a pivot really early on and I'm really grateful mm -hmm. to have both jobs, but I'm evolving into um, bringing my small agency uh more full-time awesome. now so yeah thank you we'll send out all the yeah. good vibes yeah. so that becomes your full-time very soon so bravo are you a real housewives fan my boyfriend is i'm more of a southern charm okay fan. Um, <laughs> your boyfriend and i need to have a talk <laughs> i love real yeah. housewives <laughs> that's like his jam um he's like obsessed we listen to andy radio nice. all the time during our free time which is like now that covid well we're back to Delta, but when COVID was sort of ending, um, we would listen to Bravo radio with Andy okay. on um, streaming. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I also publish books and I'm working on several other um, vampire and voodoo and Southern Gothic novels at, at the time. So. Well, whenever you have titles for them, let us know. We'll promote them on our Instagram. We'll have you back as a oh, guest. Oh, thank you, you so much. About it all. <laughs> yeah, no, we've loved having you on. We were so, so excited. Like we said, when you reached out and talking to you has just been so much yeah, fun. Yeah, it's been a great <laughs> hour. But also tell people your social media oh, yes. so they can keep up with you. Sure. So thank you so much. So you can follow um, my agency on Facebook, which is Anchors to Dusk Media. It's a little um, blue uh, anchor uh, logo. And then you can follow me on Instagram, Joseph A. Federico, and you can follow along across all my social media platforms with the hashtag Joseph A. Federico. And my company is Anchors to Dusk Publishing. Awesome. And we'll put links to everything in the show notes. We'll do your, your website. Oh, thank you. I'm everywhere. I'm on Google. You can do your homework and do whatever you need. So, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you made it easy for us. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a great episode. We thank you again for your time and for sharing your love of true blood. But if anybody wants to uh, support our podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash blood types. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. And you can donate either a dollar, $5 or $10 because we just want to keep doing this and building our true blood community. Or we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter that we don't use. We don't know why we keep promoting it, but we will we'll use it sometime. But thank you guys for listening. This has been a great episode and we'll see you next week for episode two.